Hey everybody, Everett here. I just wanted to jump in before the podcast real quick to let you know that this is a non-narrated 30, which are unedited episodes, and we did split the 30-minute conversation between Sorry to Bother You and 8th Grade, so if you don't want spoilers for one of those, we start with Sorry to Bother You, so once we start that conversation, if you don't want spoilers for that, jump forward 15 minutes, and then we'll get on to 8th Grade. So, enjoy the conversation. Hello? I usually have music like, to introduce. I love the live music, but I don't have it on my phone. <laughs> hey, <laughs> <you know this>? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, everybody, welcome to Geek Cinema Podcast, a podcast where I talk to my friends about geeky, nerdy, and fanboy or fangirl movies alike. And Kyle, what, what, what? Are we experts here? Uh, definitely not. Nope. Okay. Just yeah. uh, not an educational podcast. Just nope. a group of friends talking about movies yep so please do not leave reviews about us not knowing what we're talking about not that not that there's a lot of stuff in this episode that can fall upon that um anyway yeah uh this is uh normally over nerdy movies but this is once again another non-nerdy 30 which is where we talk for 30 minutes about a movie that's not necessarily sci-fi fantasy horror or superhero movie although one of them is now that i'm thinking about it one of them's a but sci-fi which one? movie. Yeah, uh, but, but anyway, we—I just wanted to talk about it anyway because it was—is it was a right. wild ride. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So uh, we're gonna talk about uh, eighth grade and sorry to bother you yeah. in a minute. Fifteen minutes of pop. Uh. But first, uh, I, I'm Everett. I'm the the host of this podcast, and mm. I'm joined by Trent. Yes. Who's been on a lot lately? And Kyle. This is Hello. wild. Uh, gone for nine months, mm-hmm. and now you're you're just all of a sudden yeah. back for two weeks in a row. <laughs> what is this? With a vengeance. What I wish it would. I wish it could come true every week. <laughs> our, our wishes, you, our dreams. And thanks to technology, I can join you this week. Right, with lesser audio quality, but all the charm intact. Oh. Man, it'll be better because right. I'm recording myself separately. So. Oh yeah, you're right. It's so good to see you, and I don't ever get to talk to you about anything. We have so many similar interests. I know, like movies, and uh, that's about it. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Uh, uh, actually, well, <laughs> we're not I mean, actually I... friends in real life. We just do this podcast <laughs> together sometimes. So. Yeah. This really doesn't have to do with the without uh, off the podcast necessarily. Although it does connect in a way. Um, did you listen to the Bell Jar album? Oh yes, I've listened to it probably eight times. I would say. Oh wow! So you enjoyed it? <laughs> I love it. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah, I did too. Oh yeah. So for for the listeners and for Trent, uh, there's a band that me and Kyle grew up with who have disbanded, and they started a new band. A few of the members called the Bell Jar, and I this is this does connect to the podcast in a second. Um, it, uh, I guess my like one line review would be it's like the B52s dropped in a vat of industrial punk. Yeah. That's, that's, that's the way I describe. That's the way I describe it, and I love it. It is great. I've only listened to it once, but so I'm going through, and all the all the tracks are just fun and like dark and weird, and then the last it gets to like piano, and I'm like, oh, this is weird, and then it, I'm like recognizing it. I'm like, why do I know this chord progression? This is weird, and then it turns out to be uh, um, they start singing the lyrics, and I'm like, oh, this is it's from uh, Little Shop of Horrors. It's suddenly Seymour from Little Shop of Horrors. They did a cover mm. of it. Yeah, I didn't recognize I it until like halfway through. I was like, yeah, I kind of had the same experience. I was like, wait a minute, this is a cover. So yeah, that was funny. 
um, yeah. which they're kind of that. having issues with right now. Um, oh yeah, for, legally. Yeah. For distribution but, rights. But I got it, so who cares? Uh, yeah, anyway, um, so the three of us in this room, uh, after Kyle recorded the last podcast with us a couple weeks ago, um, we all went to the IMAX to see uh, the final Mission Impossible, the most recent one. That's right, and yeah, I guess we didn't talk about it on podcast yet. No, yeah. yeah, we all liked it, right? Yeah. yeah. It's a fun time. I actually I think, think it, like, it competes for my favorite of the series. I still haven't seen the fifth. I think you should fix that because the fifth is technically my favorite still with the sixth line behind it. Just because Rogue Nation had a lot of the really fun agent espionage type stuff that maybe six didn't have as much of. It was more focused six is very action. Yeah, the action, Mm -hmm. which is weird because going into Mission Impossible, I was thinking I'm here for the you know stunts and action stuff, but I ended up actually appreciating the the quiet spy stuff the most. Yeah, Mm -hmm. have you watched the first yet? I haven't. Yeah, the first is pretty much mostly espionage. Mm. There's so it's kind really of the roots. Action it's the all. roots of the yeah. franchise. The roots. That's why the roots. I wasn't as high on it as you guys were. Like I definitely liked this, the seventh or sixth one, right? Yeah, sixth. Fallout was. Fallout. Yeah. Um, I wasn't as high on it as you guys were. I liked it a lot, but it just not necessarily my thing. Like I said, and I hadn't kept up with the franchise super well because they've been spread out a lot. And uh, but yeah, it was good. It was fun. But I definitely do prefer like yeah, those quieter like espionage stuff or gadgets kind of thing is really cool for me. Um, but yeah, giant. Mm-hmm stunts and car chases and stuff like that it's all right but good but it was good yeah and uh the only other movie i went to see besides the uh oh actually that's not true um i went to see teen titans go to the movies same same watch that how was it i saw it it was so good it was so funny i i I wouldn't say it's not as funny as lego batman yeah but kind of in that same and and yeah, same because it does pick on itself and like it's self-aware, but it also has like this very childish like fart humor a lot of the time. Uh, yeah. It's not as yeah. present as you might expect. There's more smart humor in there than yeah. It's not it, as present, yeah. but the moments that it does, it like yeah, it's a little jarring. Buries yeah. it buries it into your eye holes. Yeah, right. There, I think there are like two instances I can think of where it was like that's kind of embarrassing. <laughs> but uh. <laughs> I'm sure you can think of at least one moment that was a little... Yeah, there was one, uh, and it was actually integral to the plot, <laughs> which was very odd. I, I don't know if we're thinking of the same thing, but I guess we can discuss oh. it off air. Yeah. Um, and then uh, Trent and I, the other night, went to see Blind Spotting. Yeah, Blind Spotting. You haven't seen that, Kyle, have you? No, I haven't. Uh, yeah, go watch it. It's a wild ride. It I've is... had kind of an embargo on movies with the whole movie pass deal that you know now that i have to oh pay yeah we haven't really like, talked well, about it is it worth it so well the only uh, one i've seen is eighth grade are they still ch- charging right now uh the because uh, it's going they, they've decided that they're doing it they're changing it to three movies a month for the mm-hmm. same price 9.95 and then uh they're getting rid of peak pricing and ticket verification among other things that yeah they instanced. have but the only problem is is that for whatever reason in my town like by 3 p.m., every movie's unavailable. Yeah, the, oh, the Showtime blackouts yeah. might every, still be yeah, happening. Okay. Yeah, so, so like, I'll well, check it in the morning. I'm like, oh, cool. You know, the you know Black Klansman's available because that's when I really want to see two. Um, but then yeah, by like three o'clock, two o'clock, three o'clock in the afternoon, um, it's just sorry, no Showtimes are available except for 
uh, the equalizer too. And I'm like, um, no thanks. So. <laughs> yeah, the weird thing, my app was acting up really badly the other night when we went to see Blindspotting. And so when I got there, it Blindspotting wasn't even on there. It wasn't even blacked out. It just wasn't huh. there. And yeah, so that's I, how all of mine are too. Like it does, it's not even like, yeah, grayed out or anything. It's just, there's nothing even there. Yeah, so I, I clicked on a, a different movie, <laughs> a different Showtime, nice. and I was like, yeah, I mean, they're not going to ban you. I they're doubt, not paying attention. Well, yeah, they're not, I doubt they even look at the uh, verification photos. Yeah, when things slow down, maybe. But... I think the only reason they do it is so that they can see you bought a ticket rather than you went mm-hmm. to the convenience store next door next door and bought stuff with the twelve dollars they put on there. Oh, that's I didn't know you could assume. do that. I mean, yeah, because that's all it does. It just sense. loads yeah. money onto it. Mm. Um, so if you're close and you say you're there, <laughs> but, uh, regarding blind spotting, so you, you really liked it. Uh, it was so, I, I enjoyed it and I like was like, it's just so tense. Mm. Like the whole movie, you're waiting for something bad to happen. And so, uh, yeah, there were instances of that. I feel like for me, like, I don't know. I, w- I was surprised to hear that you thought it was super dark. Cause for me, I, I went in expecting something like dark and got like a pretty decent like lighthearted comedy with those instances of like darkness and tension like i didn't feel that was constant throughout the whole thing no and, yeah and yeah, that and that honestly sure. could be that could be considered like a negative that maybe it's a little internally inconsistent it's it feels kind of realistic in that sense where like you know, yeah uh, you have funny yeah. moments in life but then also it, it was just the tense moments were so well uh, yeah. directed it was, and it was, yeah, it was to well where done. i was like kind of shivering though in i see and uh, if i uh, the most memorable scene I obviously won't spoil, but I'll say like the climax of the movie was really cool. And like, I liked oh, it, yeah. watching it, but thinking back on it, it maybe was a little cheesy and like contrived, but uh, it, it's one of those things where I followed it up immediately with sorry to bother you. I, I, it was like a double feature for me. I've been doing that a lot since I subscribed to AMC a list. Like I dropped movie pass or whatever, and they allow you to see multiple movies per day with the three credits they give you every week or whatever to see movies. So I've just been seeing two movies at a time, basically. So I went right. straight from, um, what is it? Uh, I'm for- suddenly forgetting the name. Uh, Search of the Bee. Blind, Blind spotting? spotting. Yeah. I immediately followed that up with Sorry to Bother You. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh boy. <laughs> so it, it, just, it felt a little maybe tame and maybe boring in comparison, but it was still a good theater experience, despite some obnoxious people there sitting next to us. <laughs> so you haven't been going to the movies much, Kyle? Not a whole lot. Gotcha. Yep. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah, hopefully that whole movie pass thing gets sorted out. I mean, I jump ship, but for all the people that are still on board, I yep, hope I'm hanging on for a while. Yeah, I'll I... see how it goes. Yeah. Um, I mean, I as I said, I, ever since I subscribed to the AMC A-list, I've just been seeing movies at the Wazoo. Because uh, it's, you know, there's something about being told you have three credits every week instead of just being like, you have a month to see a movie every day. Like, you're not actually going to see a movie every day, but being told you only have... Th- you know, three opportunities to watch a movie every week. Somehow I feel more go. obligated to go. Yeah. So I've been <laughs> using them pretty much every week. Um, right. So I've just been seeing pretty much everything that comes out. Like uh, the first two movies I saw were, um, I know Christopher Robin is when I remember eighth grade and eighth grade. That's right. Yeah. We'll be talking about that for sure. Christopher Robin. I have, uh, you haven't seen that Kyle. No. How was it? And you haven't seen it. So nope. obviously I won't go super in depth, but basically let's just say that I went in with a, a different expectation than you should have gone in with. Although I feel like it wasn't my fault because I feel like the marketing set up this expectation in some way where it's like, it kind of presented itself as this moody, like emotional piece about like an adult reckoning with his childhood. And like, you know, as someone that as nostalgic about Winnie the Pooh, you know, I'm going and I'm like, I want you to tuck my heartstrings, like, you know, get into the whole 
you know, nature of growing up and leaving your childhood behind and all that stuff. Well, in reality, it's just a kid's movie with some, you know, goofy slapstick humor. And oh, they they do us. They make some decisions that are really weird uh, and it totally breaks. You can't take the movie seriously at all. Like there's no way you can dive deep into it because I'm just going to say it. I mean, it doesn't really matter. Basically, the people in real life can see the characters. They exist. They're not just like a figment right. of anyone's imagination. Like they're actual creatures. And I kind of expected that. Really? For yeah. me, it just, it totally ruins it. Cause now it's not just like, it has nothing to do with psychology or anything. It has nothing to do with childhood. It's just, they are like, he actually abandoned these living things for years as he, you know, <laughs> grew up. Like there's something about that. It just doesn't feel the, the way it should, I guess. But yeah, I mean, I, I walked out of there extremely disappointed. In fact, yeah. I audibly said like, wow, <laughs> when the credits started rolling. Oh, yeah. Well, like, you're probably wanting a huge bummer. You're yeah. probably expecting like deep, yeah, because right? you're seeing so many. You're seeing all these indie movies, yeah. and I mean, we we didn't get to talk about it last week, or because you weren't here last episode. But uh, I recently finally got you to watch the original Planet of the Apes. Yeah, yeah, which that gets you. Th- you left saying, "I guess I'm gonna go contemplate humanity and our <laughs> yeah. existence." <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, no, it that was a, a fun, a fun movie to watch, mostly because I I really appreciated the practical effects. Though I will say that like. Maybe the impact of the movie was lessened by the fact that I knew that it took place on Earth to begin with. Like, that was supposed to be the big twist. Because of the prequels? The yeah. Yeah, I mean, the fact that I've seen the, the prequel trilogy and, mm-hmm. you know, I've, I've really enjoyed those. Right. So. Yeah, well, for the longest time, it was, like, one of the biggest twists in mm. cinema and, and probably one of the most spoiled, much like Empire Strikes Back. Mm. Um, but it... it yeah, now ever since the prequels, you can't really hide it. Right, but I mean, anymore. even without the twist, it was still something I could really appreciate. I can't say it was necessarily super entertaining the whole entire time, but it was at least interesting and, like, you know, engaging, at least. It was, it was just a little dry, I think, is the only thing I could say about mm-hmm. it. Um, so I saw Christopher Robin, uh, and then my second session, I, I, I could be forgetting, uh, but um, the one that I remember seeing recently was the spy who dumped me i was so bored and there was nothing else Ugh. to watch so i went ahead and uh showed up for that you know and i was like whatever it's, i'm sure it'll be fun and actually was thoroughly surprised uh enjoyed myself it was a good two hours at the movie theater you know i had a good audience of people that are laughing at the jokes like seriously i'm impressed like it wasn't one of those things where it's like a guilty pleasure like i went there and like okay i'll give that a pass like i had fun it had a legitimate you know like uh like I could appreciate what it was doing. Like it, it, it's one of those hybrid action movies and like comedy or whatever, you know, with females at the lead, mm-hmm. uh, buddy comedy basically. Um, mm-hmm. And I, the thing I was most impressed about is that I actually found the action engaging and like chunky and like tight. You know, it's no John Wick really, but it's you know they they, they up the gore and stuff like that. So it was really what would you say? It was like a spectacle, a sensational, mm-hmm. visceral. Um, so yeah, and and on top of that, they had a the the female co-star was like comedy gold 90 percent of the time so yeah i i i mean it's one of those where you see the rotten tomato meter at like 40 percent and you kind of write it off but you go in and you actually have a genuinely good time it may not be a masterpiece it's not shakespeare but you know it's a it's a fun time and it shouldn't be ignored i don't think nope and you know what else shouldn't be ignored the two movies we're going to talk about because we got 30 minutes <laughs> yeah um eighth grade and sorry to bother you. Which one do you want to talk about first? Let's let's do sorry to bother you. Mm-hmm. And sure. ended on a light note. 
Uh, yeah. Uh, so this movie, um, I had heard about, um, on a comedy podcast, uh, the star came on to talk about, and it was just everything I kept hearing about was like, you're going to be on your ride home talking about it to the person you saw it with. And I ended up seeing it alone. So as did I, (laughs) after this movie, I'm like, man, all this stuff that I just watched, I have no one to discuss it with. I later found out Kyle, had, I think, had seen it maybe that same weekend. Open I think weekend. so. Because mm-hmm. um, I read his review on Letterboxd. Oh, I need to check that out, I guess. And yeah, it was just so... I was expecting it to be thoughtful, but I was not expecting the humor to be as tight as, tight as it was. Yeah, as heavy as it was. Mm. It was very funny. Um, it's, I, not only... I mainly was incredibly amused every time that one of the African American characters did their white, <laughs> the white voice. voice. Yeah, <laughs> David Cross and uh, I don't remember who the other one wasn't was. it. I think uh, it was Patton Oswalt. Patton Oswalt. Oh, right. okay. Yeah. Um, so I guess I just want to get straight to the spoilers because basically my experience here is you know as as I said I followed followed sorry to bother you. Uh, I had seen blind spotting previous and was kind of expecting a similar experience in terms of like social commentary oh, yeah. and stuff like that. So going into this, I also should say I practically knew nothing about it. Like I didn't even know it had anything to do with telemarketing or anything. Like I had no idea what it was going to oh, talk yeah, about. Me I had no idea. I knew like it would get weird or like it was weird. I didn't really know what direction it was going to go in. So, but I, I did know that I, I had already, you know, loved the lead. Like he had been in a show I really like, but basically my experience was like, Oh, this is really funny. You know, I kind of pick up on what's saying. Like, I can relate to this a little bit. The whole like, um, what would you say? The dehumanization of workers in a corporate environment. Right. Uh, it, that's a, actually a very literal uh, <laughs> summary. <But> Trent, <laughs> you'll have a horse cock. Yeah, that's right. So yeah, that, that's that. The second that the, he he walks through the what would you say the teal door or the, the oh yeah whatever. Mm. <laughs> I'm like, what is going on? Like, suddenly the tone has completely changed. And then you just see this monstrosity. Yeah, it was so bizarre. And I just, like, <laughs> one, I was startled. And, I, like, because it was loud and, like, it had been a pretty relaxed movie up to that point. So, like, this thing falls out and it's just this CGI monstrosity. And I'm just like, what in the heck, engine? What, what is this? So, like, everyone around me was just like, whoa! Because it was a pretty actually busy theater when I uh, saw it, which was, was nice. They weren't obnoxious or anything. Um, but after that happened, I was like, okay, all right. I'm, <laughs> I'm kind of losing the message here, but uh, okay, I see a dehumanization of, you know, humans in the corporate environment. I can follow this. Uh, and I thought it was really funny when he did like the, um, what the kind of the, what would he say? It's this pitch video, like when he tries to sell oh, it to yeah. Him, yeah, <laughs> with the claymation and stuff. Through and he's like, I'm not finished. Right. Because <laughs> I think that was pretty necessary <laughs> for him to If you had seen like, the video first, you wouldn't freak out. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not crazy. Like, yeah. Uh, <laughs> So, so yeah, I mean, all this stuff happens and, I, you know, I'm like, okay, I'm on board. This is nuts, but I, I get it. But I will say, like, the final 20 minutes lost me. Like, the whole, like, raid with yeah. the cops and him oh. getting, like, stuck in the truck. I'm like, what are they trying to say here? Because I, I honestly have no idea what's going on. I, I honestly felt it was just... Uh, I, the thing with uh, a lot of these movies where they're trying to say something, they'll focus on that and not focus on a narrative. But I feel like mm-hmm. this one, what makes it so special is it does both. Like, mm-hmm. that's, just a, that's just the film's natural narrative that the the storyteller is trying right. to tell without focusing on what it means yeah. that I, he's i don't know where we are on time but uh I, will, I i i was a little confused about the, like their purpose there like in arranging that whole thing but 
okay so that was like okay whatever this is happening but then like the the final like shot and the stinger i'm just like okay what that's like okay yeah he snorted the coke he gets a horse nose you know later becomes a monster himself but i'm like i don't get it what what is being said here like twists like he it actually was the secret substance and then like he goes to beat up the guy as revenge i'm like what is, this is just weird like what i don't mm-hmm. know what it's trying to say so i walked out like okay that was maybe a little disappointing like an execution by the end like i loved it you know maybe up to that point but then i will say that like in the days like following like i can't stop thinking about it <laughs> it's just such a fun experience and i actually do want to see it again because you know it wasn't it may have left me a little confused but i can't help but like appreciate and laugh at what it does like yeah it's still like a pretty amazing film like when you actually think about it yeah mm-hmm. for sure i definitely like my experience with it was really funny because I was not at all expecting, like, uh, or, like, I did have some kind of expectation because I'd seen the teaser trailer for it, which was just, mm. like, him working at a call center and then using his black voice and then kind of becoming successful with that, and that was basically it, and I thought that was the whole movie. You mean the white voice? And that it would kind of have some kind of, like, little satire of, like, yeah, you know, if you are if you act white, then you'll get more be more successful, and it'll have that to say, but I did not expect at all that, like, you know, it, it kind of exists in a... Um, absurdist world where it's you know similar to ours but it's obviously not meant to take place in real life um, and yeah I have so much like over the top uh, ridiculous satire um, to make fun of you know true things about our world and so um, yeah I wasn't expecting that at all and I think during the movie several people left the theater because they were probably expecting the same thing I was Wow, got mad so <laughs> so that was pretty funny um, maybe because it was mostly <laughs> or it was an, a theater of entirely white people, so they didn't get it or something. I don't know, <laughs> but uh, but yeah, so that was funny. That was something really weird for me too. I noticed a lot, like a lot of white people at my showing, and for some reason, I was thinking like you know I'm seeing two movies that are with like African American leads. I figured their audience is you know like African Americans or whatever, but no, it was pretty much like all white people in mine. I figured I was like, okay, this is like the indie crowd. They're going because like maybe they heard about this from their hip friends or whatever. Oh, like, yeah. this weird movie sure. it's showing, whatever. So I mean, yeah, that was weird. So I was like, oh, this isn't the audience I expected to be. Yeah. We kind of thought this would have been like the new, not not necessarily as big, but like the new Get Out, um, where it really mm. spoke to that crowd, and so that would have brought them out to the theater. But um, but it was opening night when I saw it, so maybe it hadn't created waves yet. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. Uh, I actually um, was expecting a little bit of that uh, absurdist world. Not necessarily. I was expecting something because I did... um, Maybe it was on Rotten Tomatoes. I don't know why it would have been there. Or maybe it was on Google. For some reason, I ran across... uh, Saw sci-fi under underneath Mm, the title mm. at some point so i knew there was going to be something about science fiction involved and so when it starts doing all the okay uh the oh it's doing the talking about the new the off world or whatever it's called um yeah the the work corporate home style um and so i was like oh okay that's the that's the sci-fi element. I was not yeah. expecting I mean, it to go further than All that. I had remembered from like reading the summary like once or twice was that it was, took place in like an alternate reality, so I didn't really know what that implied, but the, mm. obviously that becomes clearer as the movie goes along that none of this stuff could actually happen in real life. Uh, but yeah, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kyle had uh, mentioned in his review something about it being like, uh, did you say it was... I don't remember what you said, but either way, did I leave a review about it? I think I did. I left a review, and um, I was saying that 
I was trying to think of a way to word it to where there's like a lot of indie movies now try to stand out because in the past they've just been like straight dramas i feel like most indie movies oh, yeah. maybe like oscar but, bait a little bit yeah but now yeah. they're more of trying to be unique or different visionary uh and kind of be the most creative thing in the world i thought swiss army man had kind of taken that medal mm-hmm. for for itself a few a uh, couple years back and but then this year i was like i think this is the most creative movie i've ever seen yeah. Like yeah. Not even I, just the, it, the I put, story. Uh, most original, most original movie of the year, um, is what was. Oh my, yeah, that's right. Um, so, but not necessarily the best, and I, I can't remember where I ranked it for the movies of the year, but, um, but it was pretty high. But just because, um, I did have nitpicks with the movie, but as far as just originality of the idea and the concept and uh, and what it what it did, uh, then yeah, definitely nothing like anything I've ever seen before. So. <laughs> yeah, I just remember like when you had uh, the first podcast we did after you had seen it, like you were talking about, it's like the most original thing I've seen in a while. I'm like, but does that make mm-hmm. it good? And that, you know, that's something I think you could ask <laughs> I, yourself, but this is definitely a good movie. Yeah, it, it, it mm-hmm. adds a huge uh, amount to the goodness of the movie, in my opinion. But uh, like, not only the story, like the, the direction and style, like him, mm-hmm. like, falling yeah, into the calls yeah. with the people and the fact that that's a practical effect apparently like they literally yeah. had like strong guys like lift no, the, yeah, the and practical drop it uh, looks great in this you you mentioned the cgi monsters i don't i'm not sure i think sure they, they were practical were i think they were practical <gasps> yeah the horsemen i think there were instances where they used cgi but i w- on closer inspection i was like oh that totally looks kind of physical yeah or, uh so um but like when he my was, like, only nitpicks with floor, it were that like, like um there were just some storylines, like stuff with uh, with Cassius's girlfriend, where she like mm-hmm. cheats on him with that uh, the Asian oh the gentleman. love triangle thing. Um, I can't remember all the characters' names, but but that kind of thing, or she not cheats on him, but sleeps with him, whatever. I don't know if that was I don't I didn't understand why that was necessary for the story because I didn't really seem yeah, to go it anywhere. Kind of random. Um, and so mm-hmm. so there's just some stuff that they could have trimmed out just to make it like a tighter, more focused movie because it was already kind of a lot to take in. Um, and then, yeah, uh, like, yeah. Trent, you mentioned the end. Um, I didn't love it just because I felt like it was he was, like, pulling his punch at the end. You know, where if he would have just ended it with, uh, you know, he realizes that he's turning into a horse or, you know, a horse person. Which, by the way, when I first saw it, I 100% thought it was a werewolf because it looked like the – remember the <laughs> werewolf from Harry Potter and the Prisoner of Azkaban? It looks a lot like that. Yeah, <laughs> so, kind so of. So I was like, is that a werewolf? And then, uh, you know, later on they say it's a horse, but – Anyway, so he starts turning into, you know, a horseman, and so I thought if they would have ended it right there, that'd be fine, but then they have the stinger at the end where it's kind of like, don't worry, guys, like, he, he gets turned back, or he gets his revenge, or, you know, whatever. I thought that was kind of pulling back on it, and it would have, no. for me, it would have ended better if they would have just ended there. You Kyle, know? Kyle, that was a sequel setup. <laughs> oh, for the... <laughs> Rise of the Planet the, of the Horses. Sorry to bother you, universe. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> where they, they assemble the horsemen. The botherverse. Yeah, I, mean, I mean, maybe upon watching it again, like the, all those pieces will fall into place. But it's also possible it just maybe. Like, a genuine flaw, like and it just doesn't maybe land as well as it could have. Um, also, though, I, I the one scene that stands out as something I didn't really understand, but I did think had potential to be interesting was the whole art show thing, which is like yeah, that too. Yeah, that, was another thing. that was another thing. I was like, for me. I okay, was is like, there like something? Are, are they this? trying to say something this. here? Like maybe it doesn't connect to me. Like I don't understand what they're trying to say here. Like uh, it, they had like a, a kind of subtle comment there where he was saying basically, you're all you do is sell art to rich 
white guys or whatever or rich get people like so maybe like there was something about her performance that was maybe watering down the message or something i I don't know i kind of took it as i mean maybe i guess you could tear this apart a million places Mm. by a million different people um but i kind of like took it as i mean the whole movie is about cassius and so he i thought it was like showing that he is uh controlling like the companies are controlling the people and so he's like he runs up in front and he's like telling her stop during her show like it's her mm-hmm. it's her time to have the spotlight and he was trying um, t- kind yeah. of taking that away from her i think something's being said there i just the message maybe was a little diluted for me just because i can't necessarily connect with what the commentary might be oh yeah uh, no I'm, that, and just I mean, because you're being so shocked by what you're seeing too yeah <laughs> is it like they're throwing blood at her and <laughs> something like that what, what else was it uh, cell phones. <laughs> yeah, what the heck? <laughs> yeah, I, so mean, I think I was just so confused by that that I, I couldn't see the deeper meaning. I was like, "What the hell are they doing?" <laughs> maybe, maybe it's just absurdism. But uh, yeah. yeah, it could just be like he he wants you to think about it for weeks, just because it's so <laughs> it's stuck in my mind. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um. So, what kind of uh, what kind of like Oscar or awards potential do you guys think this this one has? Uh, maybe best direction I could see. I don't know if I really felt that connection to the direction. Like, I've maybe is there a category for attention. like best first time director or first something best like that debut? Whatever. I don't think so. No, there's not. That'd be interesting though. Maybe, they not they the are Oscars, adding maybe that's uh, Golden Globes. Yeah, know. they are. I've actually seen they're adding a new category this year: best popular film. I guess that's a thing at the Oscars. Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. <laughs> what, you'll mean. see Marvel movies and stuff. <laughs> like the, yeah. the one that made the most money. <laughs> yeah, basically. Yeah. yeah. I don't know how they measure That's most fun, popular other than Rotten Tomatoes or, uh, <laughs> or money. Box office, probably. And, uh, yeah. yeah. But I thought maybe, maybe screenplay. Um, just because I think the script and yeah, the concept of it's really good. Oh, yeah. But as a whole, um, that's why I don't, I'm not sure about direction. Not because this is bad, right. just because there's a lot of other things that are like perfect um, or much better yeah. done, much more well done. So, well, um, so I don't know. Yeah, you mentioned Get Out earlier, and uh, Get Out was nominated for best or, best original screenplay last year. Mm-hmm. And so this yeah. could, yeah, yeah. I mean, I still it, haven't seen that, so I can't draw a comparison. But uh, I will say that nothing immediately comes to mind that this movie excels in. Like it just is like co- very competent. Like competence of too negative a word. It's it's a very unique and enjoyable theater experience or movie going or move just viewing experience in general. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah, it's just one of those things where I, it's flaws are apparent to me. So I can't like just say like this movie is fantastic. Gotcha. And it wasn't as uh, palatable as eighth grade. Yeah. Which we're going to talk about now. <laughs> Um, yeah, so I said it at the 15 minute mark, the last 15 minutes, <laughs> that way people, if they haven't seen Sorry to Bother You, they could have jumped to this moment. Mm. Um, and, uh, this movie was, I, I knew a, a bit more about because I had, a, uh, I think it was maybe at, um, Sorry to Bother You, I remember seeing the trailer. No, you, you know what it was? It was the, um... Won't you be my neighbor? Yeah, that's when I saw uh, it too. Me and Aaron, friend of the show, went to see it, and uh, I wear my headphones during the trailers. But I like watched most of the most of the indie trailers with just my headphones, in because basically I get none of the movie. But even so, eighth grade, like I was like, I can't tell if I like that or not because I hated middle school and uh, <laughs> and high school. 
Like, I mean, I, I had good memories. I think from that high means school. you'll love this movie. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, um, so I was like, I don't want to look back on that. And uh, <laughs> and so, so I mean, kids in middle school are are shitheads. Yeah. Like they're they're the worst. Mm-hmm. And I mean, you do get to see that in this movie, though. Mm-hmm. You, you I think that's the how... focus, really. Like, yeah, um, uh, it's one of the focuses. I mean, it, yeah. it tackles a lot of areas, but in general, the main message is eighth grade is trash. Yeah. Um. So, I wasn't. I I had heard on, on only I'd listened to uh, Bo Burnham on a podcast, and they talked about it a little bit, and so I had some expectations, and one of them was which I saw so much in this movie, which I can't believe these two things that he, um, got across so well yet would almost seem like they're direct opposites, which is that the kids, um, her anxiety, I can feel it so strongly, but at the same time, he makes the kids almost these eighth graders almost feel like aliens, like a different species that we're looking in on. Uh-huh. Um, that's very interesting. Yeah, it's bizarre. I I felt both of those things, which seem almost like opposites, hmm. but still relatable in a weird way. Oh yeah, yeah. not so foreign, you know. No, yeah, because I mean I still deal with uh, social anxiety pretty heavily today, um, and I I was like I I I this girl she's me. <laughs> yeah and that's always an amazing experience to have like when you watch anything or in, engage with any piece of art so i think the fact that you know this movie accomplishes something like that so so breezily uh, so easily i guess would be an easier way to say um easy breezy, easy breezy yeah easy peasy <laughs> um it's it's it seems so flawless in execution in my opinion and it, it's like you know, I've tried to write stories like these before as a you know creative writer, and it's so hard to pull off. You know, writing characters and scenarios that are you know believable to the uh, right. audience. Like, so the fact that this is it's his first movie for one, yeah. and the fact that it's like pretty much my favorite movie of the year so far, maybe like uh, ahead of Infinity War. I'd have to think about other uh, contenders, but uh, yeah, I mean, I, I'm not like Everett. I'm not gonna keep my book concealed. I'll just say right now that so far i mean this seeing this movie was just a amazing experience and it, it and it, it's also very well balanced in its um tone and it, it it switches um between those tones so flawlessly as well between its drama and its comedy because it's you know laugh out loud funny yeah uh, but also tear-jerkingly tear-jerkingly emotional at times i mean i didn't cry but i could feel it you know yeah it's so funny uh how i wasn't expecting the comedy which is it's That's made by a comedian yeah. so i guess i should have ex- been expecting it although I, I i've only watched one of his specials and it was pretty recently and I, I it was like i think it was his first special and i i didn't really i laughed at like twice yeah. i've seen one of his specials and i thought i was like he's a kind of a weirdo play some music or whatever yeah but. it's definitely it's creative i'll say that yeah. his special is not your normal comedy but uh i yeah i I mean, I, I feel like I was laughing throughout, but a lot of times it was like yeah. awkward laugh. Oh, yeah. Like, I'll That's never what, be able to... Yeah, I was going to say, like, I kind of, even though I do like this movie, I kind of disagree with you in that trend, is that, like, I expected, first of all, to be bawling my eyes out by the end of this movie, and I never cried at any point, which, you know, I, if you know me, mm. I easily cry at 
basically every movie, um, even TV commercials. So, uh, so, you know, to say that I was like, I was expecting to cry and I, I never found myself at that point. Um, it's definitely emotional, but, uh, but never like, you know, sobbing or anything. But, uh, and then right, also yeah. like the humor, you're like, yeah, I was expecting to be at some parts of it to be like laughing a lot, but yeah, the, the times I was laughing, it was those times where I was like, <laughs> like, am I supposed to be laughing at this? Like, this is funny, but it's awkward or it's uncomfortable. Um, because of the situation, so which I think is a, probably a much smarter sense of humor, but I expected more like easy, you know, kind of cheap laughs from a comedian, and so so I was happy to get those, you know, the smart humor of it. But um, but yeah, I don't know, I didn't I didn't find myself I just, laughing um, out loud. I don't think so. That's interesting. Yeah, I think the style. I think the style of the comedy is just that, though. I don't think it was unintentional. Like the idea is, you're supposed to see how awkward these squirmy little beings are and laugh mm-hmm. at their you know misery misery and that's not just the kids either her dad is one of the funniest characters in the movie in my oh, opinion man, I just loved like him. his efforts to interact with this alien being you know is yeah. just it's you know he's really well-meaning but like it's, it's his message just never comes across uh with the exception of one scene which probably was the most emotional in my opinion yeah well yeah Kyle, was... you're talking about not crying i yeah i felt like i should have been crying in that moment but maybe it just mm-hmm. wasn't i mean it's his first movie directing so you got to give him that but uh i felt like it there it maybe could have been done a different way to where it would have gotten me more emotional but yeah that was for sure the most emotional movie i think moment in the movie probably if, if we're to if i were to look at it this way like it was one of those things where as i was watching it, i was feeling emotional and the things i were hearing you know the protagonist say uh, for some reason i'm forgetting her name i'm bad with names uh like her questions particularly like do i make you sad i think was like pretty you know depressing to hear because like it's one of those things where i think we as people oh yeah you know we're living our pitiful lives and you know feeling our own self-pity and we can't help but think that people look at us and just like you know pity us yeah because we're pitying mm-hmm. ourselves so like her saying that i think struck a chord with me because it's like yeah you know i think a lot of times you know, you do maybe imagine that the people you love just are maybe burdened by you because of how maybe depressing you are. <laughs> so her asking mm-hmm. that question so genuinely and him like responding the way he did, I think was really touching. So maybe it's not as like much of a tearjerker as it is just like really touching. Um, it definitely did connect. I connected with it emotionally for sure, but not in a hmm. I'm going to cry kind of way, you know? So, yeah. And maybe yeah, maybe that's not what I, it's, I think it's very possible. That's not what. It's not the intention going for, mm-hmm. yeah, because I, I, which I appreciate, because I, I think he could have easily, yeah. yeah, in that moment between the daughter and the dad, gone yeah, for it. Like, All right, now this is when the whole audience cries, you know. Yeah. Uh, but I don't think he was trying to do that, so which yeah, I appreciate. He, it didn't ever feel manipulative. Mm-hmm. Uh, although I will say, there's one scene where the, the feeling that uh, was they were trying to um, instill in you was one fabulously executed but also very like clear like this is when you're gonna be cringing like crazy i mean if i were to say what scene it is it's that car scene which is just mm, horrible right. like you know watching that like i literally the guy sitting next to me you know a stranger to me but he's you know i could just hear his finger tapping like on the recliner because like <laughs> he's, oh, yeah. he's like frozen in fear but yeah. he just needs I to be like, like moving you know? sunk back into my seat for sure yeah for me i'm like oh Okay, so I have to tell, I had, while I love this movie, I had probably the worst theater experience I've had all year with this movie, because just based on the people I was in the theater with, because during the car scene, there were multiple groups of people that were, like, yelling at the screen, like, uh, like when he's like, do you want me to take my shirt off? She's like, 
like there were groups of girls like no don't take your shirt off and like no don't do it get out of the car i was like i literally said shut up and like nobody even heard me (laughs) because they were so loud during that part and it was like so frustrating because i was like this should be like a tense stressful scene and instead i'm just pissed off because all you guys are being so annoying which i i i appreciated that like okay they're invested in this character enough that they care so Uh, that's good that they're showing that they care but i'm like guys you're at a movie like in a public place shut up and then also another part um everett you're a rick and morty fan correct yeah the Uh, Szechuan secret secret rick and morty fan you're a secret you're a closet rick and morty fan yeah i don't okay so i take it that uh during the scene where they reference rick and morty you did not throw your hands in the air and shout, I love Rick and Morty, and tap all your friends and ask them if they heard it, right? Oh my god, because no. the second they said Szechuan sauce, for about 30 seconds, there was nothing but talking in the entire theater. You're and I was, kidding me. I don't wow. care about Rick and Morty, so... That's and I was horrible. just like, man, if they would have like referenced something I like, like The Office, I would have just been like, oh, hey, that's funny. I, I like that show. They like that but, show, too. Mm. That's cool. But people lost their freaking minds when that came up. And it's and such a low-hanging like, fruit, too. So... Oh, that's why I call myself a closet, closet. Rick and Morty fan because I don't want to be <laughs> in the same group as those people. Hmm. Yeah, so same as diehard Star Wars fans. Right? Was this not? Was this at uh, the Alamo Draft House? It was. Yes. That was so surprising. The, I've never had an issue. Tolerated. But I guess they couldn't kick out the entire theater. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! So was no one around? Everyone but me. <laughs> Did you try writing down the complaints on the little slip of paper or whatever? I couldn't keep track. <laughs> You're running out of paper. Like, that guy, that guy, that guy, that girl, that girl. Yeah. So anyway, wow. all right. I just That's had to horrible. express my frustration. Yeah. Back no, to I mean, God. we had a really great uh, audience. Although I will say your lady friend, I, yeah, she did kind of audibly talk to the screen in a whisper, you know, during that car scene. But it didn't annoy me. I was like, yeah, no, I feel what you're saying, you know. We're That's okay. Kind of I expect some like, kind of response yeah, from people, like a gasp yeah, or something. The way, but. Yeah, yeah. Your your experience sounds like yeah. She did. She was she was like she was like yeah. no 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 no. But yeah, yeah whispering. And yeah. I think she was doing the same thing during the banana scene. The, the band. <laughs> the banana scene. Oh, the banana scene. Oh, she, yeah. Uh, <laughs> after the movie, she said, "I will never be able to eat a banana again." <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, yeah, we're pretty short on time now, so we got to kind of compile our thoughts here. Um, yeah. Uh, well, let me say this. Uh, I talked about it a little bit after the movie to Trent. Um, last year, this could be compor- car- comparable to Oscar nominee Lady Bird, which was a coming yeah, of age yeah. movie, Thanks for uh, focusing on a female character. And um, I complained about that movie a little bit simply because uh, it was hyped up so much, and I didn't think it deserved as much hype as it got. Like people were saying, like, "Oh my god, it changed my life," that type of stuff. Um, whereas this movie, afterwards, I'm like, that was better than Lady Bird. But now I'm not really sure. Into here's the thing. I relate more to Kayla in this movie than Lady Bird because yeah. Lady Bird was a brat and annoying to me. So um, was I, Kayla, but I mean, yeah, in, in a, a more way, relatable way. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, I guess I related to her anxiety and stuff. But uh, whereas Lady Bird, she she's an ec- a loud extrovert and yeah. the type of person I would have like hated in theater high school. kid kind of. Uh, yeah, yeah, especially a drama kid. Um, and so uh, I I really didn't care about Lady Bird the character that much, but that movie made me a lot more emotional 
Really? Yeah, I actually cried during yeah, that I movie. Yeah, I had a single tear. This movie from... I didn't cry at. Yeah. Uh, that movie I just felt more emotions. And I actually li- enjoyed the direction of the last movie a little more. Wow, so I'm hearing you say positive things about Lady Bird. I never thought this day would I, I liked Whoa. Lady Bird. I've said this before. I liked Lady wow. Bird. I just didn't like it as much as uh, it, it, it like made me uh, remember traumas that I had as a child. Oh, uh, yeah. That type of stuff. Yeah, I mean, if I were to bring up a similar argument, I mean, definitely watching it, I thought, wow, you know, Lady Bird. Because I, I had just recently watched uh, Lady Bird myself. Right. Not, uh, not while it was in theaters. I caught it while I was on Amazon Prime. Um, <coughs> and I really enjoyed it. But I think... Uh, I don't know if the direction of the two can really be compared much because with Lady Bird, I feel like it's more of a, like, here is an example of a high school student... You know, a pretty you know fun character. Sure, others might not enjoy her as much as others. Um, but I thought it was really well done and like just kind of capturing the life of this person. Right. Well, I feel like eighth grade is more focused on we're giving you kind of um, opportunity to experience eighth grade again. It's more mm-hmm. it's more broad. Like more people, I think, ha- can connect to what's being presented in eighth grade versus Lady Bird, where it's more interested in telling you know a very specific slice of life. Um, so even though I really enjoyed Lady Bird. I think I did enjoy eighth grade more because it does, it is so relatable, but also so funny. Um, and yeah. it does dig you into a different world too, yeah. because I mean, I mean, you're a little younger than me and Kyle Trent, but like when I was in eighth grade, I didn't have a cell phone. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, I can't wholly relate to what was going on there, but it was like for right. me, like when I was at that stage, that kind of thing was kind of coming up from the earth. And it was interesting. It presents the world very well, like showing you like a bit of the negatives, but it's not really technophobic either. Yeah, no, it's but a, it, yeah, in fact, it kind of, no, it's just accurate. I think. Yeah. It yeah. comments on that with the, her hanging out with the older kids and then being like, well, like our kids sending nudes on Snapchat in fifth grade, you know, like, <laughs> right. cause it kind of like, it vocalizes those thoughts. I think a lot of us kind of say, have. yeah, mm-hmm. or have, yeah. Um, so it, yeah, I think it did a lot so well. It tackles a lot of things, and I think mm-hmm. I, it's. And I'm I think, like, sorry to bother you. Yeah. I can't think of anything that went, you know, unexplained or un un. Uh, what would you say, explored? Oh yeah. And I think why it's great, in my opinion, is because like any uh, Bo Burnham said it in the like, uh, interview thing, but that he didn't st- set out to make a movie about an eighth grader. He wanted to write a movie about anxiety and about the internet and about like social media and how it not to be a anti uh, internet or anti technology or social media movie, but just to expose that reality that at the same time it connects us. It also disconnects us or it, it, uh, you know, you can have a good online presence and make friends on there, but it can also isolate you and make you an introvert. And so, and then he just chose to use an eighth grader to be the channel through that. And I, I, at my old job, I worked with teenagers, and I can tell you this is exactly how they are. Like their, uh, their their <laughs> technology and their their uh, social media presence is like just integral to who they are as human beings. And at such a young age, oh, that's yeah. it can be really problematic. And so, um, so that's why I think this movie um, that it, she he uses an eighth grade girl to connect that to make that or to communicate that. But I think like I could show this movie to my dad, and I think he would still be like. Man, I can relate mm. to that a lot, you know, not just, wow, yeah, what yeah. a good story or, you know, oh, I remember that when I was a kid. He could also say, like, that's kind of how I am now, you know, and so or really any mm-hmm. adult, yeah, I think. And right, so right. so it's nostalgic, but it's also currently relatable just because For we sure. all live in a world of technology. So, yeah. Um, and I could go on, but it looks like we're out of time. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have do you, we didn't give favorite scenes for either ones? Do you, we have time to? It's just been too long for both movies for me to say a favorite scene. Yeah. Oh, really? Since you've seen them? 
Yeah. Uh, sorry to bother you. I would say maybe. Um, no spoilers now. Jeez, no, I have to think about it more. Eighth grade, I think, would be easier. Um, well, maybe chicken not. nuggets. That's Ch- all I'll say. Chicken nuggets. Yeah, <laughs> like chicken nuggets. that scene was very funny. That's all right. It was, it was satisfying. I think I just I like um, anything with her dad. <laughs> yep, I love yeah. her dad. Yeah, the whole reel of dad scenes. I think were yeah. some of the strongest. For me, like the uh, the whole pool party scene because. That was definitely relatable as someone who, oh, as someone, yeah. uh, you know, you have anxiety about your body as well, yeah. then going to a pool <laughs> is like the most horrifying thing ever. Yeah. And then, uh, and the score that backs up that, like in a movie like this, it was almost like what you would see in a horror movie. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then, yeah, just the way they shoot everything, like it's so relatable, but, um, but so like terrifying. And so I just thought that as far as like catching her um her character that was like one of the best yeah. one of the best scenes for that uh, and it was just fun and i know we need to shut up but like now that i think about it that scene encapsulates everything the movie does so well because not only is it like you know thrilling and tense but you also have the introduction of that goofy kid who we love so much and has kind of the comedic <laughs> relief and it, it's so funny and like the the transition of tone is i think really well done where it's like mm-hmm. you were kind of like nervous but then the second he shows up and kind of introduces himself. You feel relaxed and maybe more assured that things are going to, you know, turn out all right. That was the way I felt anyway. And I think that alone, like that scene and that transition of tone really showcases the strengths of the movie, I think. So yeah, that's actually really. Oh, man, I had to look away when that kid turned his eyelids inside out. I had to look away from the screen because I can't no handle kidding. that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, kids are gross. This has been a Second Mob podcast. For more audio content or information on this podcast, please visit secondmob.com. Bada bing, bada boom.